Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Buses, helicopters, and life. What does it all mean together? Well, unless you've been living under a rock the past 72 hours, there's no doubt that you know exactly what the helicopters means in the title of the podcast today. Many of you that have heard the last podcast know that we were going to continue in the, the decrees of God, especially when it comes to salvation. Now, this is, we're still going to get to that, but this is going to be just a little bit different of a podcast. Sometimes I feel like James White, if you know who James White is, and this is a uh, one of those that he goes off and does, uh, just kind of ranting and, and talking about a certain subject. So we're going to talk about something different on this episode. We're going to get back to the decrees of God here in uh, the next episode or so. But today, I want to talk about buses, helicopters, and life. Again, if you have uh, been living in the world the past 72 hours, you will know that this past Sunday that a helicopter carrying Kobe Bryant and his daughter went down in Southern California, and it killed him and his daughter, along with um, seven other people in the helicopter. It was a tough story. It was a story that gripped the nation because this is a legendary basketball player that is just has been phenomenal. He's been a, a household name for 20 years in the NBA, and he's, he's he's done some great things for the NBA. He was one of the greatest players to ever live, in my opinion, probably top 10 at least. But it was a tragic situation, to say the least, and I kind of want to talk about that today. Not necessarily just Kobe Bryant, but what I want to talk about is the fact that we see – tragedy happen around us sometimes it doesn't affect us as much as it does others and it seems like the death of Kobe Bryant has kind of gripped the world this has been one celebrity tragedy that has just been terribly heartbreaking and it makes it even more heartbreaking when you factor in the 13 year old daughter that died alongside of him on Sunday but what I want to talk about is life in general so you you know in the title of the podcast it's buses, helicopters and life. So I just want to reflect on my own life over the past week or so. It began last week when I was headed up to uh, a a city just uh about an hour and a half north of where we live in Arkansas and my son is in junior high and he plays on the the basketball team and his team had gone ahead they were probably 40 minutes in front of me before I got to get on the road to head up there. And I came up on a wreck. And this was one of the most terrifying experiences I've ever gone through as a human being, as a father. Uh, just anything in life. Nothing has gripped me like the fear this day. So I'm going up through there and nothing, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. Listening to music, a lot of thinking. And then I come up on this wreck, and it was a fresh wreck. And what I mean by that is it, it appears to have just happened about 20 to 25 minutes before I came through. Now, there was already a, an enormous police presence, some sheriffs, 
deputies, police officers from other cities, uh, state troopers. Uh, there was even a helicopter already hovering. And you can just tell this was about a 25-minute since this thing had happened. And they didn't even have anybody out directing traffic yet. So I pull up, and I see this dump truck. And uh, I see gravel slung all over the road. And the front end of this dump truck was smushed. It was smashed in. And uh, I thought, wow, this is going to be a terrible wreck. This dump truck looks like this. I can't imagine what it hit, where what's going on. So I pull up a little bit, and to my left is a yellow school bus flipped up on its side, and it's laying over in somebody's front yard. Now, when I come through there, I th I, I, it didn't hit me at first until I saw some parents um, from the school we go to who was traveling to the game as well. They pulled over, and the fear in their face looked awful and then it hit me that is a school bus and I couldn't tell what school district it came from I couldn't tell whose bus it was I saw the fear in these parents eyes so I quickly pulled over on the side of the road I get out of my truck and I think to myself this is our boys school bus and on the side of the road I almost hit my knees and in, in fear and those parents ran over there to check and I almost felt paralyzed and thought our lives are about to change forever. And then just a couple seconds later, those people that went across gave me a thumbs up and shaking their head and telling me this is not our bus. And on one hand, I was relieved and I thought, oh, thank you, God. I started just thanking God. I started praying and started uh, just giving him glory that this wasn't our kid's school bus. But it shook me up so much. I called my wife. Man, I was bawling. I was boohoo and I was shaking. Excuse me. I was just shaking, thinking that we potentially could have just lost our 13-year-old son to this wreck that I just witnessed, or not witnessed happen, but came upon. And then it hit me that although that wasn't our son on that bus, there were children on this bus. There were kids. And then the news started coming out, and praise God, nobody died as a result of this terrible accident. And what ended up happening was the, the dump truck didn't see, well, I can't say he didn't see, but he ran right into the back of the bus as it was trying to make a right-hand turn off the highway, so he just ran smooth into the back of it, flipped it over into the front yard of the people's house that it landed in, and uh, no children died, no adults died. There was two people that had to go to hospitals. One was airlifted, and he has since been... Uh, given the go-ahead to go home, and uh, it looks like everything is well with him. And the girl uh, was potentially paralyzed. She had to have surgery, and there was some movement in her foot the last time I heard, but she definitely needs to be prayed for still. But, but man, I'm thanking God that nobody died, thanking God that it wasn't my child. But then I started thinking. I said, this could have been our biggest nightmare with one of our children passing away in a school bus accident. It could have been another parent's biggest nightmare and one of their kids passing away in a school bus accident. Praise God that didn't happen, but it started making me think that life is fragile. It is, and we tend to, and if we're honest with ourselves, we know that. If you're a believer, you know that life is fragile. You know that we're not guaranteed tomorrow. So sometimes, though, we let this slip our minds. We let this slip our minds. We uh, don't even think about how fragile life is, and we don't think that, our kid will ever be in a bus accident. We don't think that we'll ever 
being a helicopter accident like Kobe Bryant. And I, I mean, only you can choose whether or not to get up in a helicopter or not, right? But uh, it could be in an automobile. It could be walking down the street. It could be just sitting in your office at work. It could be sitting in your bedroom. It could be in your sleep at night. We are not guaranteed our next breath. It, we are not guaranteed the next day. We're not guaranteed the next week. The Bible says in James chapter 4 that our life is nothing but a mist, a vapor, here today and gone tomorrow. Now, we think about that bus, cra- bus crash. It, it could have been awful. It was awful, but it could have been much worse. Then fast forward just a few days later, you get the news running headlines about Kobe Bryant and his daughter being lost in this helicopter accident, which is terrible in and of itself. And then the news keeps coming out and we see that nine people lost their life in this helicopter accident. My wife was telling me today, actually, that uh, Kobe Bryant's wife kind of unlocked her Twitter. I'm not her Twitter, but her Instagram. And kind of got just letting the world look into their life right now. And she said, man, they were having videos of them celebrating 2020, the new year, and none of them knew that only 20-something days later it would be one of the biggest tragedies to ever hit the headlines of the news. They would lose their husband, a father. They would lose a sister, a daughter. And it would be one of the most trying times and frustrating times of their lives because we're not promised tomorrow. And then... If you're trying to wonder where life comes in, all of this has to do with life. But then, uh, just fast forward a few days later, I get a call myself that my aunt, an aunt that I was close to growing up, is dying. And uh, she died eventually yesterday. And I started putting all this together and thinking that, man, we, we take for granted life, number one. And then number two, we rob God of his glory because we don't live life as believers most times or a lot of times or sometimes the way God has called us to in his word. So if we're not giving him glory in everything that we do, we rob him of that glory and we're living life on our own terms instead of what the Bible calls us to. So we have to understand that life is fragile. Life is here today, gone tomorrow. It can be gone in an instant. And then one of the things that we have to understand is this is biblical. Like, everybody's going to die. Romans chapter 5 teaches us that because one man sinned, being Adam, sin and death spread to all men as a result. So none of us born in this world are going to live forever, right? Every man, woman, boy, and girl that is born into this world will draw their last breath on this side of eternity. The Bible is clear on that in Hebrews nine twenty seven that says it is appointed for man to die once. Now, if you call it the last episode of this podcast, you know that I said that God knew your first breath. He knew when you would take your first breath, and he already knows when your last breath will be drawn on this earth. So there's already an appointment set up and ready for you, and that appointment is your death. Now, I don't want to be morbid. I don't want to bring the party down. I don't want to be um, just kind of like, you know what I mean? But we all are going to die, and that appointment is set. There's no way we can get around it. We can't work our way out of it. We will meet that appointment. We will die, and the rest of Hebrews 9.27 says, after this, after this death comes judgment. This means that we will stand and give an account of our life, 
and mainly what we're going to give an account of our life about is what we did with Jesus Christ on this side of eternity. First and foremost, did you repent of your sin and trust Christ for salvation? Did you believe in your heart that Jesus came and he died and he died the death that you deserved, that he he bled, that he died, he was put in a borrowed tomb, and three days later he rose again? Do you believe that he's seated at the right hand of God? Do you believe that he is coming back to judge the living and the dead? Have you repented of your sin? Have you turned from your sin? Have you sought forgiveness from your sin and changed the way you think when it comes to sin? And have you put your faith in a living Christ? Or have you rejected Christ and died an unbeliever? And when you stand before God on Judgment Day, he's going to tell you one of two things. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Or, depart from me, you worker of lawlessness, for I never knew you. Now that is a tough thing to hear, but if you don't truly repent of your sins and trust Christ, that is exactly what you're going to hear. You're going to hear God or Jesus say, depart from me, you worker of of lawlessness you sinful person i never knew you you never repented of your sin and trusted in me now depart from me and experience the full wrath of god in hell for all of eternity and if you have put your faith in christ on this side of eternity he will welcome you in to eternity being glorified with the father forever so we have to understand that when we stand before god in judgment we're going to give an account for what we did with Christ. Now, here's the thing that has I'm struggling with, and it has bothered me. And I don't want to come across as insensitive. I don't want to come across as one of those guys. You know what I mean? But all over social media, I've seen it every single day since Sunday, is about a minute and a half clip of Kobe Bryant in an interview Shortly after he was, um, the rape case that he was involved in, and I don't, I'm not going to go into that. If you want to look into that, you can definitely go Google that. But um, the per- prosecutor did not show up for court. Therefore, all charges were dropped against Kobe. So he was in this interview shortly after that. And uh, he was asked a question, and he says, God is great. You don't know what it's like until he has to carry that cross for you when you can't. And basically this was a response into to this individual asking the question. The response was how he felt basically after being exonerated or all charges dropped from this. And that's the only real video we have of Kobe Bryant saying anything about God. And there are many people that would claim to be Christians that were saying, well, at least he was a brother in Christ. Now, I love you enough to tell you the truth. First of all, we will never know on this side of eternity whether he was a brother in Christ or if he wasn't. But what we do know is that we can take the fruit that we hear, that we see, and and we can make a judgment. Now, I know some of you may say, well, thou shalt not judge, or that's not even a commandment, but you should not judge your neighbor. Don't judge. Well, the Bible tells us to judge the fruit of those that especially claim to be a believer. So we hear this minute and a half clip, and then we understand that Kobe Bryant and his daughter went to church that Sunday morning before they left, and they went to the 7 o'clock Mass, which is a Catholic church, 
which in my opinion will get there another time. If you are a Roman Catholic, if you are a Catholic, then I, I would tell you to repent and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is no works. There is no Mary that can save you. There is nothing you can do. There is nothing that you can pay to, to get you out of purgatory. I know these are things the Catholic Church used to teach, and uh, I know they still teach them uh, at times and, and probably still do, but I believe that the Roman Catholic Church should be anathematized because it teaches a false gospel. And Galatians chapter 1 tells us that if anybody teaches a, a different gospel, let them be accursed, let them be anathematized. So I'm having trouble being able to fully say that Kobe Bryant was a brother in the Lord, that he was a true Christian and he's in heaven today. Now, I know that if, thank God this is a small little podcast because if 98% of the world were to hear me say that, I would probably get death threats, emails, hate mail, and all those things. But even if the whole world does hear me say this, I want to tell you the truth that we can't, wish somebody into heaven we can't assure that somebody's into heaven based off them just saying god is good and that jesus carried the cross that is not the gospel is god great yes did jesus carry a cross yes but that's not the gospel the gospel is the good news of jesus christ that that has to involve repenting of sin and trusting in Christ for salvation. The gospel of Jesus Christ is Romans 10, 9 and 10, for with the heart one believes. For if you believe in your heart that Jesus raised, uh, Jesus died and he was raised from the dead, and you uh, uh, confess with your mouth that he is Lord, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. That is the gospel. Believing in your heart that uh, Jesus is who the Bible says he is that he came and died the death that you deserved, that he was beaten, that he was uh, scourged, that he was uh, buried. And in three days, he rose again. Now, I realize that I just ran through that super fast. Uh, so let me just read that to you again from the Word of God, Romans 10, 9 and 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You see, just because Kobe Bryant confessed that God is great does not mean that he is a believer. And just because Kobe Bryant mentioned Jesus carrying a cross doesn't mean that he was a believer. When the gospel goes forth, you have to mention sin, the turning from the sin, repentance, the forgiveness of sin, and trusting in Christ for salvation. Now, Kobe may have done that. And let me just lay my cards on the table. I believe there are people that are going to be in heaven that are from all sorts of denominations as long as they have repented of their sin and trusted in the true Christ, the Christ that we see in the Bible. Now, I think there's going to be some Pentecostals in heaven. I think there's going to be some Baptists in heaven. I think there's going to be some Methodists in heaven, some um, Presbyterians. I think there's going to be Catholics in heaven, and it all comes down to the true gospel. Have they truly repented and believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, again, I'm not saying Kobe is a believer. I'm not saying he's not a believer, but I'm saying that we have to be extra careful by just affirming that they're in heaven based off very little evidence, because there's very little evidence that Kobe was a believer. 
There's very little evidence that he ever talked about God, that he even talked about Jesus, that he even talked about these things. So why am I telling you these things today? Is I want you to know the true gospel. I want you to know that you just can't say you're a Christian and be a Christian. You just can't get baptized and think that you're going to heaven. You can't go to a Catholic mass and think that you're going to go to heaven when you die. You can't sing in the choir and think that you're doing a good duty, that God is going to save you because of that. And listen, friends, this is going to be a segue into our next episode when we deal with salvation, but you cannot even pray a prayer, a re- repeat a prayer after a pastor, and God save you. You cannot walk an aisle at church and God save you. These things do not save. Repeating a magical incantation does not save you. Some pastor telling you to say, Father, I have sinned. Please forgive me. Save me. Amen. And you repeat that prayer, you're just doing nothing but lip service. You're basically doing what the demons do. You're believing, and they shudder. This is what the Bible says. You can say what you believe. You can say how good God is. But until you have truly repented of your sins and trusted in Christ for salvation, it's then and only then that you are truly saved at all. So none of these external things that you do save you. None of these external things that you say save you. We see here, Romans 10, 9, and 10, I'll read it again. This is how you're saved. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, but you also are believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says you will be saved. And this is a beautiful thing in, in, chat, in verse 10. For with the heart one believes. So with your whole soul, your whole being, your whole belonging, you believe that Jesus came and died the death you deserved. His blood was shed. He was buried put in a tomb and three days later he rose again and is now seated at the right hand of God you believe that with your whole being the Bible says you are justified which means that you've received the righteousness of Christ and with the mouth it says one confesses and is saved so you're not only believing in your heart your whole being your soul you're now confessing that Jesus is Lord and the Bible says then and only then are you saved Jesus says in Mark 1.15, repent and believe the gospel. The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ dying in your place, shedding the blood you deserved, dying, being put in the tomb you deserve to be in. But praise God, he was the sinless one that rose again on the third day and is now seated at the right hand of God. And he is coming back to judge the living and the dead. And friends, I want you to be ready. Any time in this life, it can be over. You may think you have another 20, 30, 40 years left on this earth. You may think you have all the time in the world. You may think that you'll get right whenever you uh, decide to. Well, friends, when God calls you, when the Holy Spirit draws you, you will repent of your sin and trust Christ. That is our response to God when we hear the gospel, when we understand the weight of our sin. And our response to him is repentance and faith. Not just saying God is great. God carried a cross for me. We repent of our sin. We feel the weight of that sin. We mourn over that sin. And we uh, turn from that sin. And we trust Christ for salvation. I don't want to put anybody 
in a situation where they have a false hope of thinking they're saved. I don't want anybody to think that their grandparents or their mother or their father or their brother or sister or their friends or coworkers are saved just because they say God is great, just because they go to church on Sunday. The gospel is so much more than just a few snippets. The gospel is so much more than a two-hour worship gathering on Sunday morning. The gospel is a life that we live because we've been changed by the grace of God. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 that we are saved by grace through faith, and this is not of ourselves, but is a gift from God so that no man shall boast. Friends, the gospel is a lifestyle that we live. It's the good news, but as a result of us being changed, we produce fruit in our life. We have affections for Jesus. We have affections for the church. You see people that confess Christ all the time that have no affections for Jesus. They have no remorse or uh, they don't mourn over their sin. And yes, even believers sin and we should mourn over our sin. But we see all of these things that a professing believer has in their life. There's no mourning. There's no affections. There's no affection for the church. And friends, this is the stuff that we have to judge, is that if there's no affection for Jesus, if there's no affection for the church, if there's no mourning over sin, then I will be blunt with you and say that your friend, co-worker, mother, father, brother, sister, grandmother, grandfather, aunt, uncle is not a believer. No matter how many days out of the week they go to church, no matter how much they say they love Jesus, if there's no mourning over their sin, if there's no affection for Christ, if there's no affection for the church. And what I mean by that is if they can not go to church, if they can not gather with the saints and feel okay about it and not f- wish they were there, not feel bad if they miss for some s- silly reason. Now, we all miss church for some reason or another, but if there's no affection for the bride, there cannot be any affection for the groom who is Christ. So you can know the marks of a true believer by the fruit that they bear. So I want us to be careful that we're not labeling people true believers based off just what they say. Because a profession of faith is different than a possession of faith. Faith is a gift given by God himself. And R.C. Sproul, a great theologian and and former pastor that has now gone on, uh, that's who I heard say that, that a possession of faith is different than a profession of faith. So we can profess to have faith all we want, but if we don't possess the faith that we're talking about, then we are simply just saying words that don't change anyone. So I want you to be careful as you watch the news, as you watch Christian communities, as you watch Christian groups on Facebook when they say, I'm so glad Kobe was a brother. I would encourage you to really think through and where are we getting the reasoning of Kobe Bryant being a Christian? Again, this is not hating on Kobe moment. I am saddened by the news. I hate that Kobe Bryant has passed on, and I pray that he was a believer. But we can't just determine and say for sure he was based on what we're seeing on social media and on the news. So not only with Kobe, I want to push back in your life. Do you profess faith or do you actually possess the faith? Do you have the faith that you're professing? Do you trust in Christ? Have you repented of your sin and put your faith in Christ Jesus alone for salvation? What about your friends, your coworkers, your family? Line what they say up with the word of God. Because again, the demons believe in God and they shudder. 
So there's a difference in just believing. There's got to be a possession of faith. So I want you to be knowledgeable in this area. So not just on the news, but in your everyday life. And more importantly, if you're listening in your life, and I'll end with this question again to you right now, is do you possess faith or are you just professing faith? And you're only the, you're the only one that's going to know the answer to that question. You know that if you're truly saved, you will love Jesus, you'll love the church, you'll hate your sin, and you'll be all about giving God glory. And that's what's going to make you hate your sin because it's against a holy and perfect God and you're not giving him glory when you're in sin. So here's a quick, easy way to determine whether or not you're truly saved. Once again, do you love Jesus? Do you desire to be more like him? Do you hate your sin and desire to be ridden of your sin? Do you mourn over your sin? Do you love to gather with the saints? And what I mean by that is do you love to go to church? Do you love to be there to worship alongside your brothers and sisters in Christ? And do you love to give God glory? Are you all about his glory and enjoying him forever? If so, then I would say you're a true believer. But if you don't love Jesus, if you could really care less, if you don't have a desire to read your Bible, if you don't have a desire to go to church, you just go because it's a thing to do. It's a box to check. If you have no desire to give God glory with your life, if you don't mourn over your sin, then you're just all talk and lip service, and you don't possess the faith that you profess. So I want to encourage you. Life can be over in an instance. What have you done with Christ? I encourage you that if you are not a believer or even a true believer to repent of your sins, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is Lord and you will be saved. I pray that you will have peace in that. That you will know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're a believer. And if not, I pray that God would save you even as you're listening to this podcast. Because you never know when that bus is going to be you. Or somebody you love. You never know when that helicopter ride is going to be somebody you love or know or even yourself. And you never know when that next phone call is going to come your way. Saying that a loved one has passed on. Or your loved ones get the phone call that you have passed on. It happens in the blink of an eye. It's over before we know it. I want you to be ready. Repent of your sin and trust Christ. That's going to do it for this episode. I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you taking the time to listen all the way to the end. I hope that God is glorified as a result of this podcast. I hope that if you're not saved, you'll be saved. If you are saved, I hope you give God glory, and I hope you proclaim the gospel boldly. We live in a world that needs it, so I pray that you go out and do what God has called you to do. Until next time. Have a great day. Have a great week. And we love you here at the Doctrine Matters Podcast. We'll be back soon with another episode. And we will be looking at God's providence and his sovereignty in salvation. He is God. 
He's all-knowing. And he knows what his people need. And he knows what he's decreed. And he is God, and we are not. Until next time, God bless, and we will see you soon.